Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. Hey everyone, it's LaShonda from Labors of Love, and you are listening to the Labors of Love podcast. Very excited to have my guest with me today. She is the Chief Gratitude Officer of Grateful Grams and founder of Incubator Kitchen Collective and Head to Heart Mentorship. I have Rachel DeRochers. Hi, Rachel. Hi, good morning. Happy, happy day. Happy day. Good to see you. Even though most people won't see you, it's good for me to see you. <laughs> good know, to hear your voice. Yes. yes. So I'm going to get started with you like I do all my guests and ask, what is your labor of love? Oh, hi. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, I'll break my labor's love down really with starting with like everything where everything I've built stems and that's gratitude. Um, labor's of love is for me, gratitude, spreading the message of gratitude, teaching gratitude, helping create practices of gratitude and really building businesses where gratitude and community building are literally the core missions of the companies. That's and awesome. so like you had mentioned, right? I have a couple companies. So I actually run three companies, Grateful Grams, which was my first one. Um, we're a gratitude company that makes a cookie. We're not a cookie company that talks about gratitude. That was started in April of 2010. Um, and we are still running and operating that company. We primarily do wholesale. We can ship cookies straight to your door. The Incubator Kitchen Collective is our second company. It's a nonprofit. It's a shared use commercial kitchen space for food entrepreneurs. I've helped over 160 startups in the eight years I've been doing that. And then Rachel DeRocher is its own entity. And that is where I do my head to heart mentoring, my consulting, uh, my deep community buildings. We're getting ready to launch. And I guess I can talk about it because it will be launched, I would assume, by the time this thing goes. But um, a women's conference. So Power to Pursue is my newest project I'm working on. And it is a one day conference um, for women in the lens of entrepreneur and empowerment. That is fantastic. So we, we can take some time to kind of tease through all of that. So um, I'm really excited to have this conversation mainly because you're awesome. And then (laughs) secondly, because gratitude is very foundational to my life and the work that I do. I talk about gratitude often. I've talked about gratitude on the podcast numerous times, and I'm really excited for people to hear from someone who literally has dedicated all of their life and their their practice towards gratitude. So can you start by defining that? What is gratitude? Oh, I love that question. Um, Here is my definition of gratitude. Gratitude is the single most empowering whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole, complete tool for freedom. (laughs) No big deal, right? But the way that I break it down, gratitude, um, probably in our generation, LaShonda has always been a tool of shame and shoulds. So there's actually a disconnect between um, a lot of people and gratitude because the way they grew up was you should be grateful. You better eat all that food on your plate that, you know, how hard I had to work for that. You better be grateful for that food. Right. So it's always been, it's, it's been used in that context a lot. And so there's an unteaching that I try to remind us all the, the best way that I kind of talk about it is that yin and yang to me, gratitude is light and dark. It's suffering and joy. 
it's, it's sadness and, and happiness. It's, it's always both. And so the, the best way that I can kind of describe or continue to teach it is gratitude comes in your suffering, right? And so suffering is kind of sitting in your heart. You had a hard day. You've got a wicked, crazy to-do list to do. You feel stressed out of being the mother and carrying that load, whatever that is that's you, you've got, right? And so it kind of just comes and sits right there and it flicks the anxiety. It flicks the fear. It flicks the um, emotional bucket. To me, what gratitude does is it comes and it sits and it says, can I can I come sit with you? Can I come be with you right here in this moment? Do you feel that? Take a deep breath. Get in your body. It's okay. It shifts it for me. When I, when I talk about gratitude and that shift is, is that it isn't taking anything away from you. It isn't saying, don't be sad. It isn't saying, don't be afraid of the thing that you're afraid of. It says, I see you and. I see you and I see you're afraid. Let's take a deep breath here together. Let's think of a couple things that we can be grateful for. I'm grateful for my house. That's right. Yep. Okay. I got this big presentation. I'm feeling really nervous, but you know, in this moment, I'm grateful that I have a cup of hot tea. I'm grateful that I have water in my water bottle. I'm grateful that I wore comfy clothes today. Whatever that is, it shifts the focus into wholeness. I I think that's one of the most important things that we miss is you are whole. Gratitude is whole. It is a support tool. It's everything. I, right. I really like that to me is what gratitude is. No, I can appreciate that for, for many, um, from many aspects and what I'm hearing and kind of when I talk about gratitude as well, being able to identify gratitude as a state of being as how you be versus something you do. And I identify very much with uh, gratitude being used as a tool of shame. Um, when you were talking about that, I thought of the vernacular that would arise a lot within my um, social circles and community would be the word blessed. And I, I specifically remember having a very difficult conversation with a person during a very difficult time in my life about how difficult life was and the person's response to me was don't you know how blessed you are it was as if this this state of being that she considered blessed right could not coexist with challenge difficulty (laughs) exhaustion and all of those things so I really appreciate the conversation of gratitude being a both and and that it it highlights for me the and. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're sitting in whatever space that you are, gratitude is just a thing that shines a light on the and. Doesn't take away where you are. So I really appreciate that because some of us have gone been going through some really hard times. This last year and a half, and 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 I say that because it's a it, it's a world marker, right? Yeah. We can't talk. Yes. 9-11 was pivotal, but to think that people weren't dying and struggling before 9-11 is foolish. It's, it's negligent. Right. So I don't want to be that way in regards to when the coronavirus emerged and COVID-19, but as a world and cultural marker for this thing, that's what I was referring to. And I, I would imagine that some people are kind of like, listen, gratitude, right? That it can kind of yeah. be this thing that people are like, Psh, get out of here. I'm just surviving. Is sure. there anything that you can share about the role of gratitude in survival? Sure. I, I'm a survivor too, right? I think that's the catch is um, 
it is a mindset. It is a state of being. I've, I've been broker than I could imagine. I've almost lost a house. I've been on government aid. I've um, been nightmare to a horrific fraud and embezzlement scheme. I've lost my mother. I've um, lost, probably my marriage is broken multiple times. Gratitude's always the thing that's brought me home. Mm-hmm. It isn't to say you, if you live in this space, you won't ever suffer again. It's saying you don't have to suffer as hard and as alone as you thought you had to. And that's a choice. I could sit here and go, poor me, woe is me. My life is so hard. The college dropout shouldn't be here, right? Because that's what we're taught and we're told. That's not the truth. You should be here. You matter. You're important. You have a gift that only you hold. Open up your heart, open up your hands and bless the world with it. That's the work of gratitude, in my opinion. And so, right, like, why, why wouldn't we choose that when it got really flipping hard? Why wouldn't we look for another way to say it is hard, but in this moment, thank you, Lord, for the food on my plate. And I keep looking away from my microphone. I'm sorry if I cut out. Um, but I think that's so important, right? It's, it's, I have food to eat. I have clothes on my back. And I also honor you for where you're at on your journey. Because isn't that the, the suffering of fools is then we just compare. Well, all right, let's just start comparing our suffering to one another. Well, I don't want to do that either. I believe in my life, every single experience I have gone through is an act of God. I truly believe it is divine. Well, God doesn't want you to suffer. God doesn't want you to be broke. God, Yeah, but if I stepped back for just a second and I gave thanks for the journey... I actually see the lesson that season taught me. I don't want to lose those lessons, LaShonda. I don't want to lose hearing what I'm supposed to be working on. Right? Like, again, that's the power of gratitude. It makes me present. I do love gratitude as this thing that brings us back into the present. And I think it's, you know, so much of that, the comparative suffering um, is something that I frequently talk about. It's interesting because I think some, sometimes life is, um, is, uh, is characterized for many people as the avoidance of suffering. I think sometimes the way we are just reared and I don't even remember who I was talking to, but it was just this, this, um, this conversation that I was having with someone that's began to talk about like how early we try to inoculate children against suffering. So if they have some kind of pain, the first response to that child is, oh my God, I have to take the pain away from you. And there are very few times that, you know, collectively, I think as a culture, that when a child gets hurt, someone leans into that child and said, simply, I'm here with you in your pain. It hurts. And it's going to continue to hurt for a minute. And I'm here with you in that hurt. And instead, it's like, oh, no, 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 let's make it make it better. And I think that that early inoculation means that we go through life and we've already been conditioned to go pain is bad. And so I can't have it. And so I have to do whatever I can to avoid this feeling of pain. And what I can appreciate um, now that I sit with people in some of their deepest pain is I never, ever falsely advertise that I'm going to take it away. Right. (laughs) Ever. I'm simply sitting with you in it. And what I appreciate about gratitude is that it's not conditional 
to what I have or how much I have, but that that state of being can be helpful. I know gratitude has been very pivotal for me. And I think about that from a perspective um, of a person who has much. But I also think about the times when I was at some of the lowest points that I could ever imagine. And in some way, I do believe that there was an understanding that I still had much, but it wasn't much in the way that society would consider much. And so I'm thinking about that because I could think of a person who was like, well, I don't have food to eat. I don't have a roof over my head my breathing isn't good. Like when like, I got breath in my body, but there is this state of being that I am so glad that people are, if that makes sense, no matter what state a person enters into relationship with me, I'm glad they are not happy necessarily at the time, but they are. So gratitude as a state of being. And I think for me, this is super big and rich and I'm loving it because this entire year, I've just been on this journey of being, minimizing doing and focusing on being. And a state of being, it's like none other. One, I think I never would have gotten to if I hadn't have kind of been spiritually forced to slow down and be still. But Mm -hmm. as we continue to talk about gratitude, it's an invitation, like even to a person who is listening and maybe they're wholehearted, like, yes, I love gratitude or like, that's BS. Just take a moment and like, feel, feel, feel your body. Are you walking while you're listening? Can you feel your feet touching the earth as you walk? Are you sitting? Can you feel where your body meets the seat? Just take a moment to follow your breath. I think the inv- <clears throat> excuse me, the invitation into this space of gratitude is first having to be wholly connected to yourself. And I heard so much of that and what you were talking about. The thing that brings you home. When I think of coming home, as soon as I said that, I thought about the Stephanie Mill song. I will not sing it for y'all. You are welcome. Um, But when I think of home, it's an embodiment. And that, that is so, so beautiful. So thank you for kind of seasoning this conversation very early on with the richness. Thank you. That is. One of the things that you said that I love, 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 specific to Grateful Grams is we are a gratitude company that makes cookies, not a cookie company that talks about gratitude. And I, I love that. Can you talk to us about Grateful Grams and how it started and what, what does it mean to be a gratitude company that makes cookies? Yeah, I, I needed to own it, right? Like, um, that is who and why Grateful Grams was created. I lost my job. I had done marketing for a grocery store, um, got laid off in a corporate buyout and gave birth to my daughter in November of 2009. In April of 2010, Grateful Grams was born and it was born from having a daughter. I have three kids, two boys, one girl. Um, It was born from my mother who lived an incredibly rich life, who said, I wish I would have, I should have, why didn't I? And not wanting to pass that on to my daughter to show her that, yes, you can, here it is. Um, Grateful Grams was started because I wanted to make the world a better place. Grateful Grams was started because my roots are deeply rooted in food. My great grandfather was a restaurateur. My parents have always cooked. They owned a pizza place at one time. I've always been taught on both sides of my family that we gather around the table and we break bread and all is welcome here. That is grateful grams on, on a lot of levels. Um, we sell wholesale. I, I primarily started at wholesale because I started it with a baby who was five and a half months old and I needed to be able to drop those cookies and go on to the next spot and keep up with it all. 
Um, now here we are 11 and a half years later, we, my husband and I run the business together. He manages all production. Um, you can go to our website and tell us what you're grateful for. We do giveaways that are based around gratitude. I try to embody it as much as I can, even on the backs of our packaging, we put a customer quote of gratitude on it. And I talk about why I believe we're a gratitude company that makes a cookie and not a cookie company that talks about gratitude. Because if we have a purpose on this planet, let's live it. Grateful Grams is very much an extension of me living my purpose. Mm, what kind of cookies? So they're graham cracker-esque. So they're softer than a graham cracker because I hate a crumbly s'more. Um, we have four mm. flavors right now. In the heyday of production, like when I then when that's all that was, I did was Grateful Grams, I probably manufactured between 15 and 25 products, different flavors, seasonal items. And as we've grown and with all the other stuff on our plate, we've streamlined it. So we have an original, a chocolate, a chocolate, chocolate chunk, and a peanut butter chocolate chip. And I would be amiss if I didn't bring up our peanut butter bars because those are incredibly delicious. So I, I love it. Why? So again, um, <laughs> people listening, me, right? I I love it because sometimes I do believe, and as an entrepreneur who never wanted to be an entrepreneur, I will continue to say that. I think one of the difficult things is for someone to identify, well, what should I do? Like, I think there are so many people, so many people I encounter who either feel like they are an entrepreneur, they just don't know what they want to do, or they're stuck in this space of, I don't feel fulfilled where I am working and things. It's this idea sometimes that things can't be combined. That And what I love about Grateful Grams is it is an actual product, like it's a cookie, <laughs> you can eat it. You can go it's, to Kroger and Whole Foods to, right now and grab a bag. You can, you can eat it, it's an actual thing. Yeah. But you didn't have to sacrifice the the deepest part of who you are and your purpose here on earth in order to do that so you so, were able to combine that and I've got a little story to back that so I I was intimidated in the beginning I could always stand and say we are a gratitude company come tell us what you're grateful for that I always felt comfortable but for years I hid behind the bag for years, I couldn't do anything on a gratitude platform unless I was selling the cookies, right? And so the cookies protected me at, at a level as well. And I, I want to say that because I've been doing this 11 and a half years. My gratitude muscle, even though it's one I've been flexing for over 25 years, has gotten immensely stronger having a gratitude company. I was in the hospital, emergency surgery in 2018. And I remember coming out of the surgery the next day, calling the guy that does all of our branding, because we were working on a project at the time and we were working on, is it, the, do we create a website and call it the gratitudecollective.org, right? Which again, hot, be behind it. Or is it racheldrocher.com, right? And I remember calling him LaShonda and I said, I'm done hiding behind the bag. It's Rachel DeRocher. This is my life's work. Mm -hmm. So I worked for seven and a half years, you guys, spreading the message of gratitude, talking about why I believed in gratitude. And finally, my muscle was strong enough where I said, this is it. It's really all there is, is this message. Mm -hmm. And even that my path has unfolded in new ways that I never could have had happen had I not allowed myself to step into the power, into my power, into my greatness, which still intimidates the F out of me. It still intimidates me because I see it so beautifully. How can this be? How can it be so beautiful? So then I go, what are you <laughs> hiding behind? Right? So that's the question. I think that's oh, such sure. a powerful question for listeners rhetorical in the sense that I can't hear you as you're driving in your car or taking your walk or sitting at your computer listening to it, but non-rhetorical in the sense that I am inviting you, encouraging you even to really ponder that question and write it down. 
what am I hiding behind? I think that is so, so powerful because if we can hide behind something, then the criticisms, the blows, the, the, the disbelief of those around us can, can hit something else. You know, it can hit the bag, as Rachel said, it can hit the cookie, but when it's you, man, that's a, that's a whole different perspective and that's scary. And I can relate to that in so many ways. And so I love the question to ponder and I too will be pondering, what am I hiding behind? This reminds me that um, I've deviated a little bit from how I normally do this. And my curiosity is still peaked around the origin, the root of your labor of love being gratitude. Where does that stem from? You've talked about the rooting of your family and your culture in food. But when you think specifically around gratitude, where did that begin for you? Yeah. Um, Ooh. I've, it's funny. It's funny that the, that question sparked emotion, right? And it's funny because LaShonda, I've been on 30 plus podcasts and this question gets asked to me consistently, right? And so I've really had to think about that answer. And it, part of that answer is just, it's a blessing. Like it truly is a gift from God. I, I don't know, there isn't anywhere else for me to put that. And it, and it gets me emotional because that all in wonder I was just talking about can it really be this beautiful? And then I get that question and I get moved and I'm reminded that yes, it can. Yes, it, it can. So as far back as I can remember, this is who I've been. I also go back and this story is one that I think we can, a lot of us can relate to. I moved schools. I was the new kid. I was young. I was sixth grade and it was an awful transition. I was the fat teased kid, right? The one that got made fun of, the one who didn't know where she belonged. And I remember coming home from school one day and just weeping, like what, what's wrong, right? The what's wrong with me question, which Mm -hmm. is where we all go, you know? And my dad looked at me and he said, you're enough. This isn't about them. This is about you and your love for your own self. Just keep loving And that's gratitude. If you really stop, gratitude is just keep loving because gratitude's always enough. You and your wholeness and your lack, you too are wholly enough. And so it's this thing that's so deeply instilled in me. I, I, right, I, and what a gift. And and so I feel it is a disservice if I don't use that gift every day. Mm -hmm. And that gift comes across in my writing. It comes across in my hugs. It comes across in my companies. It comes across in my mentoring. It comes across in these conversations because I'm no longer afraid of being me. I can't imagine being an 11 or 12 year old and being received that message. Um, it's beautiful. And that's why like, right. It's almost 40. It still moves me mm-hmm. because I go, Holy crap. That's the change we wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm. When is the last time we looked at our own children and reminded them of their wholeness of their enoughness, that they're a divine gift right here. You all listening. I don't care what age you are, hear me right now say you are enough. You are a divine child of God. No matter what is laying at your heart or what is laying at your feet, you're safe. You're okay. You can. You know, I tell my kids often, you're smart enough, you're kind enough, you're brave enough, you're strong enough. You are enough. And it's so... It's interesting because I think 
I, I do believe in some ways that for a lot of parents, that is the message they think they're giving. I think that's the message they want to give. I think as parents, we sometimes fall short in that messaging by either keeping the focus on whoever else it is or giving the message, don't worry about them. It's not about them yeah. focus, you know, which is just different than you're enough. I also think that you know, to be able to embody enoughness is challenging. It's super challenging when entire systems have been built on the backs of your identity, not being enough. So wanting to put that out there that, you know, being able to embody a state of being rooted in gratitude does not ignore, dismiss, or minimize structural oppression in ways that some some of us have been receiving messages for generations and and centuries that just being we are not enough which is why I do find this a radical act Mm. to embody enoughness to become yeah to be to root yourself in gratitude Um, It is a sense of completeness that can't be taken away, even when every message that you receive tells you contrary. Um, That's some courageous stuff right there. Um, It also doesn't happen overnight, gradually doing the reps to build the muscle. That's such a beautiful, beautiful thing. And to be able to give that to people, you know, some of us didn't receive it as children. That's okay. Y'all know we still got our littles in there. Talk about it all the time. We're never too late to give our younger selves what they need. They're still needing it. They're still desperate for it. And now we can give that to our littles when we get up and we look in the mirror and it's like, oh God, why does this? Oh, let me change clothes. Oh, I still struggle with uh, of with my body. I mean, I've lost a hundred pounds over the last actually since 2018. And what do I wear? How do I feel confident? Like I still have those mental fights with myself, you guys. Because it isn't about perfection. There's the shift, right? It's about grace. It's about progress. It's about acceptance or love and understanding, right? I mean, that's it. eh? (laughs) Yeah, it is it. It is being able, you know, my personal journey, I think I've shared before that there was a point in time where I remember saying out loud, I am never, I'm not going to have a single mirror in my house. Um, to now having this very beautiful, big uh, floor length mirror in my bedroom and being able to look in that mirror and not look for, um, look at myself and go, oh, now this is the way I want. It is being able to look in the mirror and just go, I am, I am, this is, this is it. What I see is, and, and being able to have this understanding, this, this, this gratitude and just this, um, being with it. That doesn't require me to go like, ew, I hate this about myself. And also doesn't require me to go like, oh my God, girl, you got it. (laughs) It, 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 It's a, it's a being, it is. And that has, I think, been one of the biggest shifts in my life to be able to look at myself and say, I am and keep it moving and know that whatever fabric drapes over my body just is. And whatever hairstyle I have at the moment, because y'all know I shift a lot, <laughs> it is, you know, and, and not needing to be caught up in the, you know, I, I have to go around and be like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever or avoid. Nope. It just is. Yeah. It's amazing. So Rachel, talk to us a little bit about Rachel DeRochers, right? You are no longer hiding behind the bag you're no longer hiding behind the cookie or or this collaborative collective entity but now that you have launched out and you are saying here I am and here's the gift I'm offering what is that yeah so Rachel DeRochers is the embodiment of the soul work that I 
try to weave into everything else I build, you know, um, it is where I can kind of connect in, in a new way. I've led women's circles and held retreats for decades at this point, but Rachel DeRocher's in this moment, um, in February of, of 2021, that's what year we're in. Yep. 2021. Um, I launched head to heart mentoring. It's a four week deep dive. I call it soul work where we go back to that question you asked earlier is like, what's holding us back. Right. And so it's a four week deep dive of really connecting back in with that inner child, looking at the fear, the anxiety through a different lens, through that lens of wholeness, through that lens of you are enough, let's, let's make lemonade out of our lemons, right? And so Head to Heart's been an incredible practice for myself as well. Um, I cap it on people I can handle a month because it is a high energy body of work for myself. So anywhere between two to five people I take per month. Um, I also have whiteboard strategy sessions that I do for people all over this region where it's just a really quick two hour deep dive of disentangling some of that. And I always bring in those, what it's the limiting belief holding you back. Right. I, um, it was really interesting. I did this, I worked with a local pizza chain and, like at the end of it, what really came out of it was like this really beautiful plan, but also this really empowering piece for him to like, he really is the neighbor. He wants to be your neighbor. And so like, how do we move being the neighbor to the forefront, not being afraid to hide like the bag of cookies, right? Like being okay with being your neighbor, but also running a successful pizza business, right? Like they do go hand in hand. It's this idea that we want to segregate it all out. We want to dissect it. We want to keep it all separated into our little corners. We're, it's all connected. So I want to reconnect everything and show you that. Um, I also do consulting work. So I'm actually working on a really incredible project for the city of Fairborn um, up near Dayton, Ohio. I've been consulting on the project from since March of this year. What started out, which is super cool, um, as a consulting to support this incubator kitchen and co-working is actually turned into a citywide revitalization project. Rachel, you've never revitalized a city before. You're absolutely right. I haven't. Thank you, God, for putting me here and giving me the tools at my fingertips to navigate this newness, right? And so um, it is also where Power to Pursue will be, and Power to Pursue is our one-day women's entrepreneur and empowerment conference. Um, I also do a lot of this. I give a lot of talks on gratitude. I have a deck of cards called Grat. Um, gratitude grams. And it's a 52 deck of cards that I created um, of inspirational and motivational sayings. Every Monday on my Instagram, I do a little live video where I pull a card for us and set an intention for us for the week. Um, you can order those. I ship them all over the country and I, they are in some stores wholesale wise right now. Um, and we've got more coming and I want to talk about it, but I can't yet. Gosh, darn it. Um, <laughs> I've got some really incredible things that have fallen at my feet and I'm learning how to see them and make them part of the puzzle, knowing that I've been talking about some of this stuff literally for eight years and to see it finally come together. I'm really excited about, um, and, and so I think the Rachel DeRocher platform has given me a foundation of courage, a foundation of bravery to say, yes, and you can have that and keep doing this work and, right? It, I don't feel like I have to give up one thing in order to have another. I, I believe I have the tools to figure out how to make space for all of it and how to learn how to say not right now or not today, or I'll come back to this. Beautiful. Yeah. But not right now, peace. I think that, yeah, we could go a whole another hour just on that. I think sometimes <laughs> um, the fear, which is rooted oftentimes against gratitude, 
um, you know, sometimes diametrically opposed because being able to be in gratitude, just be the thing that sometimes makes that very challenging is the fear of so many different things. And sometimes I think the fear behind not right now is I won't get the chance again. So I got to squeeze yeah, all these right. things in. And, and, and hear me say, I've been thinking and talking and speaking life into something for eight years, eight years consistently saying, I will in time, this will become. And I literally, this past weekend, my dad looked at me and he goes, you've been talking about this from the beginning. And I said, and God finally made it ready. It's not my time. This is, we get in our own ways. Fear is not being present, right? Like I'm the thing that's holding me back. No one else is. Yeah. And I think sometimes that fear of it won't materialize can get us to a space of, so for me, you know, I think there, there are many things for stated again, second time, just this episode, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Many reasons. I just, I don't know, never thought about it. It was too big, but I think what also I'm learning this year is it was really hard to stop doing. It was really hard to stop trying to be the creator and navigator and originator of all the things I thought I had to do to make sure that I had a livelihood and labors of love stayed relevant. And, 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 and it was very fearful for me to slow down and be still. What I'm recognizing is once I was able to let, let go of, it's not even fair, but to sit with that fear and the anxieties that came up in just a state of being the tables I am sitting at now, the tables I'm being invited to now are the tables I was trying to build with just raw wood. I don't know how to, <laughs> not only did I not, not You're know not how a to carpenter. build the table, I am the furthest thing from a carpenter. Um, I had no desire to be the carpenter. Y'all know I hate logistics, right? And so, but I just kept, I got to make it happen. I have to make it happen. And when I just sat back and said, no, actually my path is just being, I had to embody being now I'm being invited to tables that not only did I not have to build, but I just show up. I just show up. I show up and be me. That is the only contribution that is being asked of me. I'm not being asked to do things or be things or stretch into things that I have no interest in being. The table, the seat that is there for me is Shonda-sized. And that's it. I go into my Shonda-sized seat at the spot at these tables. And, and that, that has been very beautiful. Um, but I had to be able to recognize that um, being is how I got there. And, and I, I really, um, I really appreciate that as a life lesson. And again, to the listeners, I just, I can't imagine someone not listening today to this and just thinking how something that we've said could apply, but it's challenging. And I know Rachel has said it, but I want to reiterate, it's not that it's just easy, simple, easy peasy, but it is a muscle. The same kind of muscle you developed when you learned to walk. None of us were born able to do that. We weren't born able to feed ourselves. We weren't, a lot of the things that keep us alive, we weren't born able to do. And so we had to build the muscle around that. You built it around those things. You can build it around these two, which is, which is fantastic. Yeah. I always tell people, right. If you decide that you want to run a marathon, you don't just go out on day one and go run. You don't. You map out a plan, right? <laughs> okay. Like, no, I, right. But like people, like it's mind boggling to me. Cause we're like, okay, I just did it. It's the first time I've ever done it. And well, I didn't do it perfect. I suck. I'm a failure. I'm going to be the biggest loser. Of my, and I'm like, whoa. Oh, let's rewind this. Right. So it is give yourself grace, give yourself time. If you want a stronger muscle of enoughness, 
then dedicate time every day to building that muscle. If you want a stronger muscle of gratitude, take time. This isn't take three hours a day. This is two minutes. You, you can't do anything more powerful than giving yourself a 60 second, get in your body. Here's my breath meditation. You know, I go back to the Buddha said, uh, oh, you don't have time for, for the, our 15 minute meditation. Then you should meditate for two hours. Like I sit with that lesson a lot. So along that line, this whole season in the podcast, I really want to focus on helping people develop toys and tools to self-tend, to take care of themselves. So what might be a practice that you would suggest to someone for using gratitude as a self-tending practice, something that they could begin with now? One of my easiest and favorites, because I think we're all trying to stuff things into our days. Um, and this one is easy because it is an inclusive practice with your family. We call it roses and thorns at the dinner table. We go around and this is, this is self-care. This is tending. And this is also teaching. And this is why I love it because I'm bringing my kids into the conversation and us as a family, we are talking about not just the best parts of our day, but we're also talking about the worst parts of our day. And so I think it's very important. You go back to that Shonda of like, we're not taught this as children. No, but we have the opportunity to teach our children this now. I want my kids to know that it is equally as important to talk about the good as it is to talk about the bad. We have to learn and we have to have tools to deal with our crap. Okay. So roses and tools, um, roses and thorns are one of my favorites. I have a two-week gratitude workshop on my uh, a printable two-week gratitude journal on my website. That is free. If you go, you can download it. You can do a two-week gratitude practice. Shonda, I totally did not even think about this, but I'm going to lay this out on you as a big fat surprise. Um, I lead 30-day gratitude groups for other organizations all the time. So if you and your listeners would love a 30-day practice Let's set up a private group and I'm happy to facilitate a 30-day practice for us because that's how the muscles start, right? Is, is committing to something. You guys, before your feet hit the floor in the morning, stop, take a breath, hold out your hands, look at them, say thank you, right? You don't even know what these things are going to accomplish today. Look at your feet. Say thank you. You don't even know where all the places it's going to take you yet today. Hold your heart. Say thank you. The again, start there and then become the gratitude practice, right? You can do it at the end of the day. You can have a journal. You can keep a note app on your phone. It does not matter if you're the kind of person who needs a fancy new book and a and a pretty pen, go get one for yourself. Give yourself permission and freedom to begin today. That is the most important thing you can do from this conversation is begin a gratitude practice because I truly believe it's a path of freedom. Mm -hmm. I think a message I want to give people is you are worth it. I think sometimes things you're worth it stopped us. And quit using time as your bullshit excuse. Mm. Sorry, but like it is. You have plenty of time. It's just that you don't know how to manage it well. And so, or you're, you're up to your eyeballs in the fear, the anxiety, the panic. Okay, there's tools out there. There's therapists out there. There's head to heart mentoring out there. There's, there is incredible tools. You just have to commit and shift one step at a time. This isn't a get quick healed fast scheme. This is a lifelong dedication to living the happiest, holiest version of yourself. That's what I'm committed to. Mm -hmm. And you are worth it. Despite the messages from self and others that says you're not, we oftentimes, those of us who have struggled with finding the time, we usually only struggle to find time for ourselves. We have an abundance of time for other people's 
dreams, aspirations, needs, and desires, it's our own that we struggle to make time for. And so if you need the seed to be planted, you're worth it. Yes. And we can start here now, not wasting energy, effort, and time on why didn't we do it earlier, but just now. And so with that, just connect with your breath, even right now. Notice how it feels coming in through your nostril. Notice how your body swells when the air is in. Notice what it feels to leave your body and do it again. Just literal seconds and moments of being can begin to root this practice, these practices in a really strong way. And so that was very, very powerful. So Rachel, you have given us so much to not just consider, but like resources. So where can people find you and the resources that you're talking about? Um, if they're like, you're right, <laughs> I'm, I'm done making excuses. <laughs> I want to do this. How can people find you? Um, RachelDeRocher.com is, is the one stop. It will lead you to grateful grams. It will lead you to all my workshops, retreats and mentoring offerings. Um, it also will lead you to the incubator kitchen collective, which is our shared use commercial kitchen space that supports food entrepreneurs. Um, so RachelDeRocher.com also Instagram at Rachel DeRocher. You can find grateful grams at incubator kitchen collective on Instagram and Facebook. I'm on Facebook. Um, God bless the World Wide web. Yeah. So we will obviously have all of the ways to get in touch with Rachel in the show notes. Um, and Rachel, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy life to share your labor of love with me and with my listeners. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and being, giving us a platform where we can share these labors of love. It was just a gift to be with you this morning. Thank you. I want to give a special shout out to all of my listeners. Again, I never take it for granted that you tune in and that you listen. And I hope that you are um, just as excited to spend time listening to people's labors of love as I am. I want to thank Trey Angel, who provides all of the music for the Labors of Love podcast. And of course, my producer, Jay Sugg from Instant Classic Media. If you want to reach out to me, if you have suggestions for content or guests, you can reach me at www.thelaborsoflove.com. Don't forget we're on all the major social media outlets. Head over to Instagram where we now have our very own Labors of Love podcast Instagram page at the underscore LOL underscore pod. And we have our YouTube page where all of our Therapy Thursday videos are housed. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends everywhere you get your podcast. Until we connect again, you all be well.